So, um, have you seen what the word of the year is, according to Collins Dictionaries? <laughs> I did see that. Yes, indeed. It is permacrisis. Um, in other words, the permanent state of being in a crisis. <laughs> exactly. Um, How appropriate. <laughs> yeah, which they've drawn from just looking at the UK and the world a bit. Yeah. But I thought this is great for us. This is great for it? us, isn't it? Because <laughs> people always ask us, say, when's the mid-faith crisis finish? When's it over? And we mm. can now go, no. It's never over. <laughs> it's a perma-crisis. <laughs> Are we going to rename the podcast? What, mid-faith perma-crisis? Yeah. I think we should. <laughs> We are we are cutting edge at last, Joe. We're on the cusp. <laughs> We've made it. We've arrived. We're, we're surfing the zeitgeist. We're away. Two one eight. Just so you do it slick. Thank, thank you. Um, welcome everybody to episode two hundred and eighteen of the Mid Faith Perma Crisis. Uh, my, my name my name is Nick Page there's Joe Davis permanently in crisis yeah how great I did laugh when I saw it that I is thought. excellent yeah. yeah so good where others see despair you see an opportunity and that's what I love about you this, this is interesting actually because I think quite often where other people see seriousness I see a joke opportunity as well <laughs> yeah and uh, and they sometimes don't share that same view, <laughs> strangely. When they've fallen over in the street, much to your amusement. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't often laugh at people's physical discomfort. No, I or don't. Embarrassment no. or anything like that. But I do sit in lots of times when people are talking very seriously and think of inappropriate things to say. <laughs> And sometimes I say them as well. I've so. been in meetings when you have said those things, to be fair. <laughs> Looking back, there is a reason we weren't allowed to work together. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, and also, you do it as well, so it's just me. Well, anyway. I, le- I learnt from the best, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Well, that's kind of you. Now, um, notices, church notices to start with them. Well, uh, let's just do do the same old same old we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Uh, Staying Defiantly is coming up this Tuesday, the 8th of wow. November. Uh, links to be found on our Facebook page or in the show notes, as we like to say. Um, so uh, that's the um, well, online webinar, Get Us, uh, that we're doing with the lovely Joe Ibert and the lovely Dave Steele and myself uh, hosting... And we're going to be thinking through some of the big issues um, affecting church and spending a bit of time with the whole area of same-sex unions and, you know, how how you might look at that differently and with mm. hope and indeed joy. So there we go. Yeah. Well, I'll be there if I can. Um, right. Obviously, it's Bake Off. It's the semi-finals of the Bake Off, which, it, you know, I blame myself for that hopeless bit of scheduling. But, you know, we do have recorders and catch-up TV now, so... I had to go to a PCC meeting the other night, uh, which was held during Bake Off, and I was seriously thinking of sort of tabling a motion, as it were, <laughs> uh, that we we make sure we never do that again. Really. Yeah, I know. Uh, 
anyway, yes, you can find the links to that in uh, the show notes. If you don't know where the show notes are, if you've got a podcast app, if you look in the uh, in your app, it will have a series of links with this mm. show. And ah. uh, that's how you find it. Or you can go to the webpage, which is midfaithcrisis.org. Yeah, indeed. And um, there you can find out all kinds of things. Well, I yes. say all kinds of things. Hardly anything. But you <laughs> but can always find the back issues of the shows and all the notes and all the uh, links there. They're, they're, they're pretty much always there. Do you know what our website badly needs is new photos of us. That's what it needs. Because the photos they are terrible. Absolutely shocking. They're not terrible. I think they're rather charming. Oh, okay. They're funny. There's oh, the one okay. of you flying while I look <laughs> yeah, bored. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, actually, now I come to think of it, most of them I do look bored in. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'll tell you about photos. My publicity photo is so old. The one on books. Yeah. Is, oh, it's is the one so of you old. when you're 12 years old. <laughs> I, I mean, you can literally see people doing a double take when they meet me at events and going, is it the same person? So this is dad this is, or granddad. <laughs> Yeah, he sent his father along. <laughs> Everyone does that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, yes, yeah, so do go there. The web page has uh, these kind of links on it, and also it also has a little button that you can choose to donate to the show if you wish to, and that would be lovely. And thank you to all those who who do that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, how are you, my good friend? Well, um, hmm. oh, you know, not that great. If I'm honest, the thing is, we. We're recording on Thursday. We should have recorded last night, but we couldn't because both of us were so stressed. <laughs> mm. Just just been having one of those weeks. Been very busy. What happened yesterday? Got stuck in absolutely loads of traffic. Do you know, my printer died and I had to rush out and buy a new printer. And print. I mean, nothing. First world problems. I know I shouldn't be moaning, but it got me it got me a bit worked up by it. By the mm. end of yesterday, I was feeling proper. And then here's the thing. So I've decided, as you know, and I think I've mentioned this before, I'm determined not to get steamed up or worked up or angry or outraged by things I can't control, i.e. particularly our current government. But they're making it so hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they're trolling you, isn't it? They're just prodding you the whole time. I am limiting the amount of news I get, but, you know... As ever, I watch some, and it's great to see BP's profits were up so much. Oh, thank! <laughs> I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I know superb. because those shareholders are going to struggle with their fuel bills, aren't they? So they you know, really that's are. Great. Yeah. and then <laughs> and and good, good to see one Tory MP responding by going on <laughs> to the jungle in Australia for two. <laughs> Can you imagine a teacher in term time just saying, "Do you know? I think I'm going to go off for two weeks. Don't worry, I'll be promoting another cause." <laughs> you know, it's just it wouldn't go what, down well. <laughs> what amazes me is it's not just um another MP, is it? It's somebody who I I don't know rightly or wrongly is not very popular. And he's going on to a show where people get voted on to do horrible tasks. Yeah. And you just I can't think why he's doing it. What what uh, well, is he? I I I'm sure I know why he's doing it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Actually, I can't but there we are. Doing it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. there's that. And then I think the the absolute tipping point for me this week was our glorious Home Secretary, Cruella Breverman, or whatever her name is. <laughs> and describe... <laughs> I don't think that is her name, but you know, it's <laughs> <Okay>. funny. <laughs> describing 
uh, refugees. Although, of course, they're never called refugees. They're always migrants, aren't they? Yeah. As yeah. describing it as an an invasion of migrants. And I just thought, this reminds me of someone I know who used to use, oh, yeah, that'd be Hitler. Except this is not Hitler. This is our British Home Secretary speaking with kindness and compassion. And listen, I know there's a massive problem and I don't honestly know what I'd do about immigration at the moment. But to describe other fellow human beings uh, in that way, I just found so disgusting. And I must admit, I may have lost it a little bit because they are a bunch of... <laughs> honestly, the whole... Honestly, <laughs> I've never known. <laughs> I've genuinely never known such a rotten lot. It's just awful. So let me just come back to the anger bit. Uh, in this conversation so far, you've compared somebody to Hitler and Swarm. How's the anger bit going? Is it going well? Do you know what? It's not going that well this week, I'll be honest. I'm having a bad week. I mean, other times. Listen, this is the thing about this podcast. I figure we could, we could just record, even though there are times when you think... I've got nothing to give. I don't want to do it. Like, I, I sort of feel like we're inviting you, dear listeners, and I apologise if this is not you. You're coming on the journey with us. I generally want to follow Jesus. Look, I've got up in front of me. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me be. So love, injury, pardon, doubt, faith, spare hope, darkness, light, sadness, joy. That's my goal. That's who I want to be. But sometimes, some weeks, it just uh, gets under your skin and you just... Yeah. But I'm still trying to do those things. But the discipleship, I would say, has taken a slight backseat for a little while. <laughs> if I'm honest. Let's put, I'm going to pause here and talk about this because I think I think this is really important. I'm What I'm struggling with this week, and what I think one of the big, great challenges facing the church going forward, is how do we disagree well? And how mm. do we listen to one another? And how do we have empathy? How do we yeah. how do we become a prophetic community that shows how that can work? Because it's just not being demonstrated yeah. anywhere. Yeah, no, I agree. And so, you know, we have faced within the church, particularly within the, the Anglican church, within the church generally, but within the Anglican church, because it's the established church, there's this huge um, issues facing us. Um, theological and, and sociological and all kinds of stuff like that on which there is no easy solution no I know and so and so actually disagreeing well becomes key no it's true and I don't mean to be nasty about individuals in the government you know and, and I'm sure they're lovely people and buy flowers for their mothers and, and you know do lots of good <laughs> things as well I just I just struggle with the the actual politics and I think it's always wise to always stick with the issue never attack the person but to attack the issue <laughs> you did you did just compare her to Hitler can I just say that who Cruella de Vil <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... yeah okay. <laughs> all no, right I think okay no, I apologize I'm not, I'm not trying to rebuke you publicly or shame you I'm just saying actually what you're demonstrating is what I fight with which is what, what we should have empathy and we should try and understand yeah. people and listen to people but what's the point what's the tip over point what's the point <laughs> yeah, when actually you you say okay empathy's <laughs> taken me so far now i'm going to publicly stone you or something you yes. know like, what's <laughs> i know when's the judgment button pressed 
Now, Jesus said we shouldn't judge one another, but he was also had pretty strong words for people who he thought were, um, yeah. you know, exploiting others. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think there's another issue here, because I did say I was stressed, and I think that I am able to hold these things far better when I'm in a more rested state, you yeah, know, yeah. sleeping well and just, just going, you know, and I can be a bit more measured and a bit less, uh, or, yeah, just more careful with what I say. But you know what it's like when technology... Yeah, I've had a new computer, the emails have played out, and now I've had a new printer. I mean, it's just, it, and it, these are the little things that yes. I know my spirituality, I want that to speak to. And I, I want to operate with this Zen-like peace in Jesus thing, you know, all the time. But these are the things that push me over the top when I'm busy and trying to get three services for that day sorted or whatever. And, and that's when I, I tend to lose. And that's when I suppose you... You push out anger a bit, don't you? You you know, you're really angry with yourself, but you're pushing it out onto other people. So I'm sure I've been guilty of that uh, in the last uh, week. But that said, I do find the antics of our glorious government deeply disturbing. That would have been a better thing to say. A more measured response. Yeah, I'd, I'm not asking you to... to Even to though argue. I think they are a... <laughs> Uh, we were so close. We were <laughs> so close to a breakthrough there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <We were. laughs> I, I think it's. It, I think this is good actually because I think that you're right. And what what is affecting our response is is this sense of perma crisis. This sense yeah. of everything. It's just yeah. rolling on. Yeah, it Ever is. Since, uh, for the last five six years, it's just rolling on and on. And the other thing that I think affects it is the sense of news almost as entertainment. Mm. You know, it becomes yeah. oh, a soap absolutely. opera and it's yeah, presented yeah. as a soap opera. So you're finding out, you're, you're going on it to see what, what, yeah. what's going to happen next. And so I think that, that you have to kind of be aware of that. But I, but I am interested in this thing about, yes, so when does when does empathy, when are the limits of empathy and understanding and listening? And when do you have to go, no, I'm sorry, this is outrageous. Now, I was really struck this week by a photo from Italy where they have a, a new government, as you know, mm. um, uh, fairly right wing, I believe. And, and this was from Mussolini's birthplace. And it was a crowd, a huge crowd of mm. um, Italians giving the a fascist salute. Gosh. And I never thought I would see that again in my lifetime. Yeah. I genuinely never thought. I, you know, you I grew up yeah. when I was sort of younger and more... Uh, more um, sort of active politically. I was part of the anti-Nazi league and all this kind of mm. stuff and marched against mm. them. I did all that stuff in my youth. But they were pretty fringe, you know, yeah. the British yeah. National Party and all that kind of stuff. They were still pretty mm. fringe. And now it feels like... There's a resurgence. Yeah. 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 And and I, ca I, I can't... At some point, you've got to go, no, this we have to take action against this. We have to stop this. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely right, and I think also, do you not find getting older like I'm? I'm feeling this kind of desire to batten down the hatches a bit. You know, we're yeah. all feeling that financial squeeze at the end of you know you're earning in your months. You're thinking, I used to have a little bit left to tuck away to save for the bigger bills that come in. Now there's there just isn't that mm. coming, and 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 I feel this sort of. That tendency to sort of look after myself, my own little family, my own kind of kingdom, 
I'm just going to, you know, batten down the hatches and sort of sit out the next few yes, years yes. of recession. Oh, and, uh, so tempting, yes. But, but I know the radical call of discipleship to Jesus is not to think that way. It is still to to look out and to offer hospitality and to, to you know, to to be generous and to be watchful, not just to my own needs, but to the needs of those who have much, much less than me. So I'm conscious of that. But, you know, like the, the, the Ukrainian uh, refugee crisis, you know, you think, I feel so impotent. You know, I think mm. I've got a spare room here. Would, you know what? I mean, interestingly, we, we had our DBS checks this week, E-DBSs, because it was all online. Um, so you sort of have to show all your documents to the camera and all, those, all the rest of it, because we've got some, hopefully, a couple coming from Donetsk, three doors down the road, and we're going to be the main... Uh, sort of point of call for them for a little while but but the irony is it's so dangerous for them to leave they've tried to leave once right they yeah. they have to go into russia to get here because it's in donetsk and and they were strip searched and sent back oh, and everything man. and that and now here's the here's the irony it's too dangerous for them to escape as refugees so we don't even know if they're going to come now Ah, oh, and you just feel like oh what can i do well, doesn't it always come down to do what you can? You yeah. Know, I think we are, we've we often said it, and maybe mm. I think one of the things about this podcast is, as you said <laughs> at the beginning, people have to listen to us trying to work it out. But, you know... Yeah. It must be so painful for them. <laughs> I think there might be a way of balancing both of these things. You know, that sense of it, everything's too big and I want to hunker down and I want to sort of reduce it, you know, hide away. Mm. Well, I think you can bring things down to a local level and do things at your local level within your local relationships that mm. will make a difference to some people. And and that's probably the best yeah. you can do. Yeah. And and as I said, as I was talking about, to, to, to actually listen to people and to, to not disconnect, that's the thing. I think it'd be so easy to disconnect from people with opposing points of view, but to listen to them, to try and understand them, but also to be prepared to speak up if you feel... Mm. You know that that that's wrong. It's it's a hard road, but I think it all comes down to the, our individual actions. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And listen, just to finish off this section, so which is very much connected to this idea of radical discipleship to Jesus versus my own comfort. Mm. I think you know, and this is largely brought about by my mum's death and this real transition period to this next stage of life. Because for those that don't know, I'm 57 years old. So, you know, I'm sort of seeing the next 10 years as potentially good good years where he's still got a bit of health and fitness and, you know, some energy to give. And I think, you know, I'm really asking myself the question, do I stay in this kind of funeral celebrant groove I've got? Where I, you know, a job I feel I'm reasonably OK at and good and it certainly helps pay the bills and everything. Or do I push into some other th areas that I'm passionate about with no idea where the money will come from, but I, I'd kind of like to do them because um, mm. it feels important. But, you know, I have this massive imposter syndrome. Even doing this thing on Tuesday with Dave, you think, well, who are we to sort of start a big theological defence of our, um, our views? Mm. But you think, well, if others aren't doing it, I suppose we might as well. And, you know, part of me wonders whether I always have these doubts. Is this just some vanity project for the sake of having a bit of significance towards the end of my life? Or is yeah. this coming from a pure place? I just want to help people. 
and sometimes I think it's very hard to know what the what the motive is really. Well, I think motives motives are often mixed, but it doesn't make the action wrong because okay. of the motives. In other, so firstly, I would say about that is what you're doing is not actually some huge grand defence. It's just you mm. speaking up and yeah. with, with Dave and Joe, and you're yeah. going to do that. Yeah, sure. And there are lots of other debates going on, and you're going to chip in and play your mm. part in that. So that's that's fine. Secondly, I think as long as you don't pretend to things that you don't know, as long as you're, there's an honesty and a transparency there, then yeah. then that's fair enough. And, I mean, I think I've had it all my life, imposter syndrome. I reckon everybody has it. Yeah. If I really thought, why do I write books? It's because part of me wants to show off. Mm. Absolutely, of course I do. Because, yeah. I, you know, I just want to say, look at me, look at me, listen to my thoughts. Now, you know, what I try and do is hopefully sort of tune in and express things that are going to be helpful to mm. people, but... There's always a bit of that, and everybody wants status. And also, you've you've done it so much, you're actually quite good at it now. I mean, don't you think you're writing your best stuff now? Because I think you probably are. I am. I think I am, but it's taking much longer. <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> but I think also that with regard to the celebrant thing, you know, I I can see that's a, an issue for you. But don't forget, I have booked you on <laughs> mates' rates. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, so, five you know, percent discount, mate. I I don't want to waste that kind of. Uh, <laughs> that kind of investment (laughs) anyway listen thank you that was a long answer and it's time to go thanks for listening (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's how you are (laughs) sorry how are you (laughs) well i want to touch on what you've been talking about in a way but i've just come back from an eye appointment i've got trouble with my right eye right um well i've got a bit of problem with both eyes but my right eye was a bit bit causing me a bit of angst and um I've got the start, or I got a bit of a developed cataract in it, Ooh. and which is a pain. It's not something unexpected, but what? But that's what my grandmother had, <laughs> my grandfather. That's not what I yeah. look at me. I'm in the prime of life. I am, you know, seventy kilos of prime beef. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, <laughs> but this is what a friend does: the tough love. <laughs> You are old. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is true, and so that feels a bit depressing. It's kind of like, um, you know, it feels like it feels like that's come on me. And um, yeah. and I, I suppose what you were just saying about you know what do you want to do with your life becomes quite mm. pressing at this point. Then mm. because I, I've also got friends who are facing, you know, enormous problems, and 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 all their plans for what they are hoping to do with their lives, are in turmoil because of unexpected things come along. And I think back to my friend who died earlier this year who who was just planning his retirement, just coming up to his retirement and just planning that. And and it does make you realise that actually it's a bit of the Oliver Burtman stuff. You've just got to get on with stuff. Yeah. Um, Because you can make all the plans you like, but then reality comes along. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know how well our faith has prepared us for this because, you know, the, our faith keeps talking about, you know, I know the plans I have for you and blah, 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 and all this kind of guidance and all, will I do yeah. this and will I do that? Whereas, it, I'll be honest, everything seems a lot more random, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, that's really true and really helpful. I mean, I used to get given that verse regularly, didn't you? There was a real phase of you'd give that verse to people any time they were going through any sort of difficult situation. I think it's a perfectly legitimate thing. You draw people to Jeremiah and say, look, here's a verse. 
Yes. I know the plans I have for you. I feel the Lord's saying that to you now. And yes. it's sort of it's sort of true on one level, I think, and that's that's okay. Uh, but it's unhelpful if we're honest. <laughs> On another level, because you think, well, maybe the Lord would like to share those plans with me then. At the <laughs> exactly. moment, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great, uh, there's an old military quote, which is that, you know, no, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Uh, you know, in other words, you make all the plans you want. And the minute you march into battle, it changes. Or to use the Mike Tyson ver- version, who was another person who had, I think had some anger management issues. Um, <laughs> yeah, which church was he? Remind me. <laughs> well, Mike Tyson quote. I think it's Mike Tyson quote. He says, "Everybody's got a plan until they're punched in the face." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel I've got friends who just get, keep getting punched in the face, yeah. and um, so I'm trying to sit lightly to the plans, but equally try and make changes and it's it's pretty hard really uh, anyway that's all i'm i'm uh, generally sort of stressed yeah. up and you know yeah. busy week but you know it is just about time to go <laughs> so, that, no, that was no. the how are you's that's a record, I know. Isn't it? i'm sorry everyone it's it's been a tough week you'd never guess would you <laughs> anyway look we should do some feedback though and get some yes some actual yeah content Okay, mm. let, let's do it. Well, first of all, let, just let me say hi to Anne, Revan. Hi, Anne. Uh, thanks for Hello, writing Anne. in. Uh, yeah, great to hear from you always. Uh, Christine wrote in and said, Dear Joe and Nick, I enjoyed your podcast this morning on my way to work. Now I'm pretty sure that one of you mentioned metabolical demons. It's <laughs> metaphorical. Anyway, can it be that they came from the aforementioned bowels of hell, she says. Love your work. It cheers me immensely. That's from Christine. Excellent. And then Steve said that. Now, this is a good one from Steve. He says, Hi, Joe. Hope all is well. I've been noting Nick's aversion to the inane lyrics of some worship songs. Really? really? I've kept I've kept that so quiet. I, I didn't think you'd mentioned anything. Anyway, no. he says, at the same time, I'm tiring of my cliched response to that perennial question, how's your faith these days? Followed by my response of, OK, thanks for asking. It's a bit of a roller coaster. He says, following a conversation with a like-minded fellow mid-faither, we were wondering whether we could help both worship paralysis and embarrassment answers to well-meaning questions in one fell swoop. Our suggestion is to abandon both traditional and modern worship and to ditch the earnest pre-Bible study chit-chat and to replace both with a resounding group session of the hokey-cokey. The lyrics as you... <laughs> I mean, that is a genius idea anyway. It's a, but this, this is genius. But he goes on. The lyrics, as you well know, go something like this. You put your left arm in, you put your left arm out. In, out, in, out, shake it all about. You do the hokey-cokey and you turn around. That's what it's all about. Yeah. First two right arm verse three left leg verse four right leg verse five whole self chorus oh the hokey cokey oh the hokey cokey oh the hokey cokey knees bend arms raised rah 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 he said the progressive verses of this song as we put more and more of ourselves into our faith before taking it all out again and giving it a good shake sums up brian mclaren's four stages of faith perfectly the final chorus should appeal to traditionalists and charismatics alike with bended knees and arms outstretched not to mention the possibility of some spirit-filled group dancing what do you think spring harvest here i come that i think it's genius and i think i think steve may have hit on the key mid-faith crisis worship song it could be because we could replace <laughs> arms and various limbs with you know theological concepts so what we were just talking about you put guidance in you put guidance out in out in out shake it all about yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. You put eternal damnation in. Eternal damnation. <laughs> yeah. <out. laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
I think it's substitutionary atonement. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're going to have to work hard to get the get the words (laughs) in, but. Oh, Steve, it's genius. Um, it is I think, good. I like it. I think it's great. And uh, I, I think it is, all joking aside, it is precisely what we should do and, and what it seems to be does happen and what the yeah. podcast is all about. You put things in, you put things out. We were talking about a couple of weeks ago about returning to some theological yeah. concepts yeah. that you thought you'd got rid of. Yeah. But coming back to them in a new way because everything gets... Um, and, yeah. and what is theology if not shaking it all about or what's what it should be? But you know, <laughs> I've never just, heard it in those terms. But yes, you're right. It is <laughs> just just genius. And thank heavens. And thank you, Steve, for rescuing the podcast. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> and then uh, Mark said this. Hi, Joe. He says, you and Nick asked in episode 216, what gives us hope? And he says, well, it isn't Franklin Graham. Before I became a Christian at 19, I visited a church and was told hell was so terrifying that they could scare me into salvation. Whilst I did become a Christian, I never subscribed to that view. Anyway, back to hope. We foster under fives and see many bad things, but hope is always there in a family that changes and does better for the child or a new family adopts the child. This gives me hope in people. And then he mentions a podcast, which was all about cheese and charcuterie and lard, which I found particularly interesting. It's a kind of farming podcast. But he said, this gives me hope that there are businesses that care. He says, finally, creation gives me hope that whilst seasons change and each is different, I remain. And he says, all the best, Mark. Well, that's lovely. And I, I know I know Mark and Sarah, and they're just wonderful people. And I oh. think he's right. And maybe it's a great way to sort of begin to wrap this up because we were talking about, you know, where do you, where do you see hope? Where do you, but, but with all the stuff that's happening, all the stuff we've been talking about, all the politics that we've been talking about, as you often say, people, people give you hope, don't they? They do, because people are still extraordinary. And even amidst people that annoy you a bit, <laughs> you do get to see sometimes just the wonderful side of people. And actually, speaking of hope, I mean, uh, this remi- this email reminds me of something I uh, got this week. In fact, Jill, beloved listener Jill, sent me a quote from Richard Raw, who I'm not sure we've mentioned before well, in the podcast. Have we? I don't think we featured his work at all. <laughs> no. Um, but it's, it's really interesting because... Um, you know, just sort of speaking about hope. He was talking about ancestors. And it's something we've lost a lot of, I think, certainly in British culture. Um, but uh, Richard Wall, this was sort of drawing our attention back to the biblical incidences of people talking about ancestors and that this was a very big deal, this sense that our ancestors are still around and with us. And he quotes uh, uh, Tich Nhat Hanh, I'm sure I've said that wrong, uh, talking about a dream... He had of his mother who had died and just awakening from this dream with a very strong sense that, of course, you know, people say his mum's died, but actually she's still ever present with him and and she lives with him and in him now. And I've been feeling the same thing about my own mum recently, that sense of, well, I know she's died and she's gone, but I... I feel like I can almost turn to her because I know how she'd respond to different things because I know her so well. And um, he finishes uh, this particular uh, thought that he was talking about with this sentence, which I thought was rather lovely. He says, the whole thing, all of life is one, just at different stages, all of it loved corporately by God, 
and one hopes by us. Within this worldview, we are saved not by being privately perfect, but by being part of the body, humble links in the great chain of history. And he says this view echoes the biblical concept of a covenant love that was granted to the Jewish people as a whole and never just to one individual like Abraham or Noah or David. In other words, there's this beautiful continuum of life and we rise at different moments of it. And now I, Molly's son, Joe, uh, you know, are sort of in the frame, but Molly has by no means gone uh, mm. in, in that sense. We're just continuing uh, this event uh, we call life or the universe or whatever. And I, I just love that thought. That That brought cheer to my heart, really. I think that's great. I think... It, maybe it helps with what we were talking about earlier in terms of imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff that if if we just view ourselves as humble links in a great chain of history that's all we are we're just mm. you know carrying on something uh, i I've, i feel this very strongly because when you write history the tendency and i fall into it a lot is to write what they call the great man theory of history which is the significant figures the yeah. major figures the luthers the calvin you know all these people yeah. And and obviously you tell that story because they're the well-known stories and they ha they have been influential. But the real story of Christianity isn't carried on by those people. Mm. It's carried on by all the ordinary people ordinary, who just kept, exactly. kept going to church and who kept being community and kept looking after one another and who kept doing things for all kinds of mixed motives, yeah. you know, all, all kinds of strange ideas behind it. But they just did good things and tried to do a, a Jesus-like thing. Um, yeah. And what else can you do? apart from keep keep going at that, really. No, I love that. I love that because, you know, I do genuinely, as we've said at the start, I don't know what to do about all the world's problems. But probably if I thought about it straight after this podcast, I would know the next Jesus-like thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's great. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll let you know how I've got on next week. <laughs> Thank you. I look forward to that. Well, I've really enjoyed this week, actually. I have no confidence anyone else will, but you know, uh, I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we are so we're so grateful. Oh yes, thank you um, so much. If you like the podcast, do leave a a, a review that helps, and yeah. uh, do recommend it to other people. Recommend it to your friends, and if you don't like mm. the podcast, recommend it to your enemies. That's how mm. I view it. <laughs> exactly. Win win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, we 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 really appreciate everyone who listens. We appreciate everyone who writes in, everyone who supports us. It's it's so good to be part of this community. Yeah. And we will be back with you next week, where hopefully we'll be slightly less sort of stressed. I suppose. Yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> I'll be well behaved next week. <laughs> I don't know. It's quite fun, though, isn't it? It is. 